Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Wednesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, and happy last day of the month to uh, you sales folks out there. Hopefully you hit your quota. Uh, And hey, hopefully you had a great end of the month. And by the way, today we're going to be talking more specifically about some uh, sales stuff. And we're going to look at actually four good examples of effective sales pitches from four former presidents. But before we get there, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to today's sponsor. And that is the Brian Nichols Show shop over at Proud Libertarian. And you can check out today over on our YouTube channel right here, the Magic Money Tree. Yes, that is one of our new uh, shirts over at the collection at the Brian Nichols Show shop. You can see there we have, of course, the Magic Money Tree dead center. That is the Fed. And around it, we have our unicorn and leprechauns because it is, in fact, magical. So if you want to go ahead and get your Magical Money Tree shirt over at the Brian Nichols Show shop, head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop and also be sure you to use code TBNS at checkout 10% off uh, your order so uh, yeah folks thank you for joining us today on today's episode looking forward to digging into four examples of some effective messaging from past presidents and we're going to talk specifically from a sales perspective of why uh, they're effective and why it works so I'm gonna go ahead if uh, you're over on the podcast version make sure you head over to Brian Nichols show dot uh, com where you check out not only all the other episodes but also you check out our YouTube version of the show uh, where you can check out the videos from today's episode and let me pull this up here so I have four uh, different videos I want to go ahead and share today uh, the first of which we're going to start off with this is going back to the 1980s I know all the way back to the 1980s it is Ronald Reagan's it's morning in America uh, morning again in America ad we're gonna go ahead and share that and take a listen It's morning again in America. Today, more men and women will go to work than ever before in our country's history. With interest rates at about half the record highs of 1980, nearly 2,000 families today will buy new homes, more than at any time in the past four years. This afternoon, 6,500 young men and women will be married. And with inflation at less than half of what it was just four years ago, they can look forward with confidence to the future. It's morning again in America. So this works. under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder. Pause really quick here. This this is working effectively because thus far, what's it doing? It's playing on emotions. We talk about this all the time in sales. What sells? Emotions. People will make their emotional decisions and then rationalize with uh, with uh, logic and reason after the fact. So what this is doing is it's playing to the emotional appeal, the the safety and security of knowing that their families are comfortable for the future, but also from where they were in the past. So that's something that this is really doing a great job at hitting at. And stronger. And better. Why would we ever want to return to where we were less than four short years ago? So there's our first ad. Now, Ronald Reagan, obviously, a Hollywood actor, well-known for uh, taking on uh, his role, both in in movies, but also in the White House. Uh, so I thought that was a really good one to look at. And then the next one I wanted to go ahead and uh, focus on is going to be, let me pull this one up. This is an ad, uh, or not an ad, excuse me. This is a speech from the Democratic Convention back in the early 90s. This is going to be uh, Bill Clinton back when he was doing his acceptance speech at the DNC. Let's go ahead and take a listen to this one. 
in the name of all those who do the work, pay the taxes, raise the kids, and play the rules. In the name of the hardworking Americans who make up our forgotten middle class, I proudly accept your nomination for President of the United States. I hope nobody in this great hall tonight or in our beloved country has to go through tomorrow without a vision. I hope no one ever tries to raise a child without a vision. I hope nobody ever starts a business or plants a crop in the ground without a vision. For where there is no vision, the people perish. How, now, now, how impactful was that line the, about vision, right? And we talk about this, the, the need to have a cohesive coherent message that you're articulating. And in this case, it has to be that point that you're going to. And this is something Bill Clinton did a, a fantastic job at, is being able to effectively communicate what it is that he believed, what it is that he was looking to get across to your average person. In this case, he's trying to set the vision. He's trying to help paint the better future for the country. And he's doing that by talking about the forward vision and using that as the reoccurring theme. We can seize this moment. Make it exciting and energizing and heroic to be American again. We can renew our faith in each other and in ourselves. We can restore our sense of unity and community. As the scripture says, our eyes have not yet seen, nor our ears heard, nor our minds imagined what we can build. I end tonight where it all began for me, I still believe in a place called hope. God bless you, and God bless America. Now what you're going to see here is a recurring theme. Oh, there's Hillary and Chelsea. A recurring theme of this idea of hope, right? And, and who, who better articulated the idea of hope uh, then the next president, uh, well, not the next president, the next Democratic president, that is uh, one Barack Hussein Obama, who in his, one of the most famous and impactful speeches was his Yes, We Can speech. So we're going to go ahead and take a listen to that now. In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. And this is the last three minutes. For when we have faced down impossible odds, when we've been told we're not ready, or that we shouldn't try, or that we can't, generations of Americans have responded with a simple creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. was a creed written into the founding documents that declared the destiny of a nation. The vision. It was whispered by slaves and abolitionists 
as they blazed a trail towards freedom through the darkest of nights. Yes, we can. It was sung by immigrants as they struck out from distant shores and pioneers who pushed westward against an unforgiving wilderness. Yes, we can. It was the call of workers who organized, women who reached for the ballot, a president who chose the moon as our new frontier, and a king who took us to the mountaintop and pointed the way to the promised land. Yes, we can to justice and equality. we can to opportunity and prosperity. Yes, we can heal this nation. Yes, we can repair this world. Yes, we can. And so tomorrow, as we take the campaign south and west, as we learn that the struggles of the textile workers in Spartanburg are not so different than the plight of the dishwasher in Las Vegas, that the hopes of the little girl who goes to the crumbling school in Dillon are the same as the dreams of the boy who learns on the streets of L.A. We will remember that there is something happening in America, that we are not as divided as our politics suggest, that we are one people, we are one nation, and together we will begin the next great chapter in the American story with three words that will ring from coast to coast, from sea to shining sea. Yes, we can. Thank you, New Hampshire. Thank you. Now, see, I've always found um, Obama in 20, uh, two, or 2008 to be a much more effective salesperson and communicator than he was in 2012. Because again, going back to what we just saw there, he was addressing not just this uh, collective uh, idea of yes, we can, but also one collective vision. And in doing so, he was really formulating this idea and he, he summarized this more of a uniting approach. And that's where he had a lot of success was going to be a different type of president, right? That's how Obama presented himself. But in 2012, he took a much different approach. The approach was more focused on building uh, more radicalized coalitions of different, in this case, uh, groups of people, uh, you know, whether it was based on socioeconomic status or demographics, whatever it may be, skin color, he was going through and trying to play that game versus playing the true unifying game and instead pitting those groups against each other. So I would say that's why I, you know, we, he actually almost lost to someone like Mitt Romney, of all people, back in 2012, because he did take such a different approach. Now, did it have success? It did, but did it have the long-term success that Obama thought it was going to have? And I think this was really the playbook that a lot of Democrats took going into 2016 was that they had this new coalition. They had this new approach to winning votes uh, or winning uh, elections. That is by a new electorate that they had brought uh, brought forth. And it really was taking the piggyback of the Obama administration and the, the success of the Obama campaigns. However, there was another uh, guy who ran for president who had a pretty darn good uh, sales pitch as well in terms of why folks not should, uh, rather should not vote for the Democratic candidate in one Hillary Clinton, but specifically why they should put their trust in him. Let's listen to Donald Trump, Circle uh, 2016, uh, here when he was on the campaign trail. 
I will never, ever put the special interests before the national interests. I will never put a donor before a voter or a lobbyist before a citizen. So while sometimes I can be too honest, Hillary Clinton is the exact opposite. She never tells the truth. The American people are still waiting for Hillary Clinton to apologize for all of the many lies she's told to them and the many times she has betrayed the American people at great danger to them. Hillary Clinton owes the state of North Carolina a very big apology. And I think you'll get that apology around the same time you'll get to see her 33,000 deleted emails. In other words, you'll never see the apology. Sometimes in the heat of debate and speaking on a multitude of issues, you don't choose the right words or you say the wrong thing. I have done that. Those who believe in oppressing women, gays, Hispanics, African-Americans, and people of different faiths are not welcome to join our great country. So we had four very, very, very different presidents, four very different approaches to sales, and yet four very successful approaches to sales. It got them to be presidents of the United States. And with that, uh, it, it helped cement, I would say, if you were to look at all four of those presidents, with maybe Bill Clinton being the one exception based on the fact he tried to take a backseat after he got out of the, uh, the White House in 2000 based on the, the scandals that took place behind the scenes during his presidency. But of those other three presidents being Reagan, Obama, and Trump, those are probably the most noted political figures that have built more of a, a cultural uh, tide behind them than any other presidents I can really think of in, in modern history. Look at the, the Ronald Reagan, I mean, I think to my dad's generation, looking at Ronald Reagan as the, the, the epitome of the 80s, the success of the GOP back in the, the, the 80s, taking on the Soviet Union. That's kind of the personification of Reagan. And with that, the, the, the love of Reagan still to this day, you look at Obama and there's still that love, maybe not so much of the Democratic Party, but still of him. And then likewise with Trump, you have his greatest defenders who will stick with him to the very end for better or for worse. But there's a reason that they have done so. It's because these uh, three in particular have done a great job in selling to their base and to help build that relationship, to build that trust. So do you have to agree with these uh, four different uh, gentlemen as they approach politics? Absolutely not. Do I expect you to? 
for sure, of course not. But what I would expect you to do is to learn from the, the sales approaches that work, even though they are four very, very different approaches. So with that being said, folks, I hope you got some value from today's episode, a little bit different. And uh, don't worry, tomorrow we're going to have a great episode. The one and only Carla Garrick is going to be returning to the program. And by the way, did you check out our episode yesterday? Yesterday I had Morgan Bonwell. She joined us from Right Strategies Candidate School 101. And we talked about some of the main areas that candidates that she works with are lacking. Uh, and if you're a candidate or if you're considering running for office, definitely an episode you should go ahead and check out. I'll make sure I include that right here below for you. And by the way, folks, if you enjoy the episode, well, please do me a favor. Go ahead and give us some love. If you want to become a supporting listener, $5 a month or... You can go ahead and make that one-time PayPal donation, whatever is easiest for you, but every bit goes right back into the show so we can keep on promoting content that you love and content that will definitely leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. So with that being said, folks, thank you for joining me on today's episode. With that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to The Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network.